I'm actually going to argue this will be the most important episode on Social Security. And when you should take Social Security, I I tell this to clients all the time, it's equal parts science to art. It's not a defined, this is when you should do it. It's also not like some floofy, like, what about this or this or this? It's backed by good logic and good numbers. But there's a lot of unknowns that you have to kind of adjust for. And so today I want to talk about those variables that people don't think about. Get your eggnog ready, y'all, because there's more to learn about Social Security. In part three of everyone's favorite topic, Josh dives deep into things most people don't think about before they turn on their Social Security. What are some common pitfalls that trip up retirees? Are there any non-mainstream strategies that could help you with this decision? And what type of financial legacy are you interested in leaving? Ho, ho, ho. It's time to celebrate the season with more retirement equals freedom, wisdom, and fun. This is the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast, and your host, Josh Bredel, is the owner of FSR Wealth Strategies. And for the last few decades, Josh has been helping fine folks like you thrive in your retirement. And me? Well, I'm Dave, Josh's longtime friend, co-host, and self-proclaimed Buddy the Elf of the podcast industry. So now, let me, let you, let me end this introduction so y'all can enjoy the show. FSR Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor located in Elmhurst, Illinois. Information and opinions contained in this audio have been arrived at by FSR Wealth Advisors. All information herein is for informational purposes and should not be construed as investment advice. It does not constitute an offer, solicitation, or recommendation to purchase any security. FSR is not providing legal, tax, accounting, or financial planning advice in this audio. These views are as of the date of this publication and are subject to change. Man, Josh, we are back in person, and uh, I'm already feeling I'm feeling the flow, feeling the juices going here. <laughs> you were sick for like a month, kid. All of November, and like listening to episode 27, you could hear it in my voice. Like I sounded like death. You know, this is the only time that I talk to you and wear headphones, mm-hmm. and I get like your voice that is like it is in, like now it just digs deep into my ear canals, and it's kind of creepy. Yeah, you like it. Hey, Aaron, last episode, we gave a shout out to Finn. Did he hear it? Yes, he did. He loved it. Did he? Good. Right before we recorded our last podcast, Aaron told me that Finn likes the, the song a lot. We mentioned that last podcast. So in my head, I went, oh, I'm going to bring that up. And uh, I didn't know if he heard it or not. <laughs> Good. I mean, so Finn makes number like, I don't know, what is it, like 74? He's like the 74th on the list of people that want a signed autographed t-shirt of me. I think. <laughs> it's gotta be, that number's got to be creeping towards the 70s now. The other day we were, um, I don't know, I was doing this with Maggie, and uh, she said to me, she goes, Dad, do you ever post something on Facebook for your business? I said, yeah, Mags, we do. And he, she goes, does that mean you're internet famous? <laughs> I was like, no. Oh. We get like 100 people that look at it. <laughs> From the mouths of babes. <laughs> Well, if you remember at that age, you don't think there's a world outside of your town. And to know that there's other people like watching you is kind of amazing. 
actually, I don't remember at our age ever, I guess we didn't have the internet, so it didn't really matter, but you, know, you just wanted to play basketball and hang out with friends. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Dave, I got a really funny email. Actually, Erin got this email, and she forwarded it to me. Okay. And this is from somebody who I talk to frequently. Uh, he is an avid podcast listener. My dad. Not your father. I don't talk to him very often. <laughs> Alex. Not Alex. We don't let him listen to the podcast anymore. Finn. Finn. No, Finn. I don't think I've talked to Finn much in the last okay. year or really ever for that matter. But this would be my sister's father-in-law, Dave. He yeah. uh, is an avid podcast listener, and he now has named himself a friend of the show and our official podcast fact checker. Oh, quite the uh, lofty self-proclaimed title there, Dave. <laughs> But Dave, actually, I'm a little embarrassed by this because I talk a lot about Social Security and uh, I tell a story quite often during that. And I told it on a podcast about the history of Social Security and where the age 65 came from. Mm -hmm. This came from a reputable source, my, my story. And it was all about Chancellor Bismarck and the railroad. And I didn't dig further because I trusted the source. But Dave sent us a, screen, uh, a screenshot of a of clipping from the Social Security Administration website. And I was wrong. It did not officially come from Chancellor Bismarck. What? I know. And this is years and years of years of being wrong. I mean, my kids are right, apparently, because I'm not always right. Okay, so what? What? So what, come on, don't leave me hanging here. Let's dig into this. What? So this comes from the Social Security website. It's kind of interesting. It says one persistent myth about the German program. It says we based on the German program is that it was adopted at age sixty five as a standard retirement age, but in fact Germany initially set age seventy as a retirement age, and Bismarck himself was seventy four at the time, and it was not until twenty seven years later the age was lowered to sixty five, and by that time Bismarck had been dead for eighteen years. <laughs> So, yeah, so, but it goes on further to say what is the origin of 65 as the age. Yeah. And it said at that point, there was 30 states that ran pension systems and they had 65 as well as railroad retirement. A lot of the actuarial programs inside of Social Security is based off of railroad retirement, which is pretty much Social Security for railroad employees. They use 65. So, Dave Milburn, you are officially our show fact checker, mm -hmm. and I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I'm also kind of excited. It means we actually have a fact checker. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think it had anything to do with the fact I left such a, a lasting impression on him when I sang Bismarcky on the podcast? <laughs> Dave, I'll see you at Christmas. Let me know if you know who Bismarcky is, because I really don't know who it is either. So we're Dave, good. Dave. Oh, baby, you. I'm not going to do it again. You can go back and listen to episode 25, I think, 6, 26. But uh, yeah, I've, I've been known to sing a tune. You have been known to sing a tune. So we were talking a little bit earlier. We've, we have this new podcast table that we ordered. It's going to be this really nice studio. We can do this more easily and things like that. And it's it's been taking a long time. But do you think in the new year, and I'm going to ask you something that you weren't planning on. Mm -hmm. We can commit to our listeners to putting this up on video. Yeah, Josh, I th video, I've, I've mentioned it before. I adore video. That's the whole reason we started the podcast. I thought it was going to be exclusively a video podcast. So 100%, I'm on board. I will start going back and re-editing them for video and slowly dripping them onto YouTube. People don't even want them edited. They just want to see us. 
and our beautiful studio that we have. <laughs> Actually, this is like studio version four from yeah. when we started. I think <laughs> we have like four different settings. Yeah, Josh, listeners, let's do video. Absolutely. Now, there are a few different styles. And I won't go into them now, but maybe I'll play with the format a little bit. Man, if you think I'm boring when I talk about taxes, Dave, talking about video podcast styles is really boring. <laughs> oh, gosh. You hurt my feelings so often. But you know what's not boring, Dave? Taxes. Well, those are pretty boring. Oh. Social security. Oh, my God. And it's so not boring. Yeah. That I'm making you do a third episode. Don't, don't, oh. Don't worry. There is no fourth episode on this. Um, that is really, really deep in the weeds. If we want to go fourth <laughs> episode on Social Security. I have vivid memories of the first two parts to this. So I am on the edge of my seat. What are we going to learn about today? Well, I'm actually going to argue this will be the most important episode on Social Security. And when you should take Social Security, I, I've, I tell this to clients all the time, it's equal parts science to art. It's not a defined, this is when you should do it. And it's also not like some floofy, like, ooh, what about this or this or mm. this? But it's equal part arts to science. You, it, It's backed by good logic and good numbers. But there's a lot of unknowns that you have to kind of adjust for. And so today I want to talk about those variables that people don't think about. So the last episode we talked about some of the acronyms PIA and, and FRA. We talked about how Social Security is calculated. We talked about what happens if you wait longer, if you start early. We talked a little bit about spousal income. But there's other things that go into that decision-making process that you have to you have to take into consideration. Cool. This episode hopefully can drive home all of the the things that we talked about before. Social security is a large part of most people's retirement. In fact, for well over 90% of the population, it can represent the vast majority of someone's retirement income. And so that decision is not something to be made lightly. And there are lots of, of calculators out there on Google that you can go out to and type in, when should I take Social Security? And where I find the most value in those calculators is if you have a complex Social Security situation. So if you have a pension, like a teacher in Illinois, but you also worked on the side, so you have other earned income. Or if uh, you have a husband and wife, and one has a big Social Security, one has a small Social Security. I mean, there's some things that that can be really helpful for, but what that's going to tell you is always how to take the most money from the U.S. government. What our argument is, is that it's not how much money you can get from the Uncle Sam, but it's how secure and how comfortable you can make your retirement utilizing Social Security. So does that make sense? Makes sense. I do love the opening quote I put from last episode. You said people think they want to get the most out of Social Security, but that's not that should not be their goal. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a minimum. You don't want to minimize it. You need to know how it works, but there's other things that go into it. So let, let's get into a few of those. First is you just plain need the money. There have been numerous times where we've talked to someone in their mid-60s and maybe they just got laid off. Maybe they've been retired and they are drawing down assets like crazy. They're spending their savings or spending their 401k and they don't have a ton of it, but they're trying to wait and wait and wait and take Social Security. We've even seen situations where people are going into debt 
They're putting money on credit cards because they don't have the income. If that's the case, start Social Security. I mean, you need to live. But taking into consideration your other assets, so knowing what else you have, because this is where the part art comes into play. You don't have to start Social Security. You can draw down your other assets. And if you have other assets that you want to draw down, so if you want to draw down your 401k or if you want to draw down your savings account or whatever they may be, that allows you to let Social Security grow. But you will get less years of it. Mm-hmm. All right. So knowing what other assets you have, making sure that they all work together and coordinating the distribution is extremely important. So this is where we've talked about this on a prior episode, having an income plan really matters. Mm-hmm. So tying Social Security in to where your income comes from is probably one of the single most important things you can do in retirement planning. Yeah, sure. Now, here's another one that very few people think about. Is it important for you to leave money to your kids or a charity or a loved one or whatever it might be? Or in your case, a really good friend you've known since high school and you love dearly? Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. in that case. Murray, Murray really, (laughs) I want to take care of him. Oh, no, that hurt. But there's a lot of people who they want to leave money to their kids. They want to leave money to their grandkids. They want to take care of somebody else. When you start Social Security, you don't have a beneficiary. The only person who benefits from you waiting is your spouse. You need to take into consideration both people's longevity. But let's say you want to leave money to Landon. Mm-hmm. All right. You've got you've got some money and you say, Hey, I'm gonna wait till I'm 70 to start Social Security, because that's what the Google calculators tell me to do. And between 65 and 70, you need to spend down your massive 401k you built up. So your 401k, let's, I'm using round numbers here, mm-hmm. starts at a million bucks and at age 65, and you have to draw down five years worth to get to age 70. Right, now let's say you needed 60,000 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. To live. To live. Now, because you haven't started Social Security, it's all got to come out of your 401k. So that's 60,000 bucks a year. Now your 401k, let's say, because of market fluctuations and everything, is now $800,000. Multiply that by like 20 if you're talking about me personally. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Personally. But that $800,000, you can't get back what you've spent there. And so now you, at age 70, you don't have to take out as much. You know, Maybe now you're only taking out $20,000 a year because you've got Social Security to take up I a see. good chunk of that. Gotcha. But you're starting from $800,000. Whereas when, and then at some point in time you pass away, you have a, a smaller amount, most likely that is going to be left to Landon and your Whomever. other loved ones. And just to be clear, social security, unlike a pension does not pass down to beneficiaries. And pensions usually don't either, okay. except for spouses. Spouses, spouses do have a continuation on social security and most pensions, depending upon the election. Got it. All right. But let's say you start at 65 and or you start your social security at 65 now you're going to get less let's say you're only going to get thirty thousand dollars as opposed to forty thousand bucks but now we only have to draw down thirty thousand dollars a year so we're drawing down less money which leaves a larger pot available to earn and to grow and at some point in time when you pass away you'll you'll be able you will pass away with a larger chunk of money i see Now, another consideration in this, and it kind of goes along with it, 
is we're seeing this a lot right now is market fluctuations. We talk with retirees a lot about sequence of returns risk, where when you're drawing money out, if you if you start in a down market, it has a huge negative impact on your retirement. Well, if you start Social Security, you don't have to draw down as much, and it doesn't have as great of a sequence of returns risk. So like the volatile market that we're having right now, for a lot of our clients, turning Social Security on, even though it may get them less Social Security in the long run, provides a heck of a lot more security because we don't have as much sequence of returns risk in the assets being taken out. Oof, man. This is getting deep. I like it. So, I mean, Google's not going to tell you that. Google doesn't know what's the volatility in the market and what are you spending and where's your money coming from and all that stuff. This is where the equal parts art to science comes into play. This is why I still use, I still use AOL as my search engine. They tell you this stuff specifically. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners still have an AOL email account. The last thing I want to talk about today, mm-hmm. I think we need a little bit of Alex. Hashtag tax nerd. Because even with Social Security, taxes come into consideration. I love taxes, Josh. You never thought you would ever have a career where you cared so much about taxes. I was doing some research. I think I might open up a tax-related t-shirt shop online. I think I can make it huge. People just love to wear tax-related quotes on their shirts. (laughs) 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 Prove me wrong. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the two the two tax considerations because they're they're a little different, but they do go hand in hand. The first is what we call strategic tax bracket management. And with 401ks and with IRAs, that money is yet to be taxed. So here's what we see quite often will happen. And this is a great situation to be in, but you could be better. You retire in your mid to late 60s and you have enough in savings or whatever it might be, you don't need to spend your 401ks or IRAs, and you don't turn Social Security on. Both of those are good decisions. But you are really happy because you have minimal taxes because you are not don't have wages. You might have interest, dividends, and capital gains, but if you can keep your income low enough, those are negligible. And you know, you're just living pretty because, hey, I don't got wages. I don't have... Social Security, my I'm not taking money out of my IRA and 401k because that's taxed. Life is good. But then all of a sudden, you get to RMD age. And in RMD age, all of a sudden, your Social Security gets taxed. Your capital gains and your dividends get a higher tax rate. And now, because of all of that, it throws your IRA and 401k distributions into a higher tax bracket. Mm-hmm. So you went from zero to like the worst possible case scenario really fast. And you were feeling really good a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few years ago, and now you're really, really hurting. Mm. What we preach a lot is strategic tax bracket management where you want to recognize that t- those taxes. So one of, the, one of the benefits to delaying Social Security is it allows you to do larger Roth conversions because you're not collecting Social Security because Social Security does get added to your income. Okay. So by doing that, it does allow you to do more Roth conversions. Now that is, it pales in comparison to the taxation on social security. Is that the second part? That's so the second okay. part. This is taxation part. on social security. Taxation on social security. Because social security, it's that FICA tax you see on your paycheck. 
And that money has yet to be taxed. It's not like your 401k. It's not like your IRA. That's money that's yet to be taxed. Mm -hmm. When Social Security was signed into law in 1935, President Roosevelt promised us that we'd never pay taxes on Social Security. Mm -hmm. Well, those rules have changed twice. And now we have what we call the provisional income rule. And so if your income is low enough, if you can keep your income low enough, and for a married couple, it comes to about $42,000. And so how they do that is they take half of your Social Security and pretty much all your other income, and they add it up. And if you keep it less than $42,000, you can get away with zero to minimal tax in your Social Security. And for a single person, that number is 34000 Now, what happens, though, is with some strategic planning, you're able to keep your Social Security low enough or even time it to where we can keep your provisional income low and you'll pay no taxes on your Social Security forever, for however long you live. But if you don't do anything, up to 85% of your Social Security may be added to your income. So that could be, you know, depending on what it is, that could be an extra six to $12,000 a year in taxes that you pay, which means that money has to come from somewhere else. So that's a legitimate tax that for a lot of people you could avoid if you do some planning with it. And timing of when you take out Social Security can impact that provisional income calculation. So that's a big one that very, very few people talk about or think about, and Google definitely doesn't look at. Definitely not Google. We had an episode where we talked about where physically to retire, what state, if you're going to stay in the U.S. So we're talking about all these taxes and whatnot. Does that also play a factor into this conversation? It can. I mean, it really can. So let's say you live in a a state that taxes Social Security. And there's less states that tax Social Security. A lot more states tax retirement income than tax Social Security. But let's say you're going to move to a state that doesn't tax Social Security. Maybe you want to wait a little bit because you'll get more money. But that's not as big of a consideration. Um, That's more of a consideration as to where. And I did find out recently, because we have a client's moving to Italy. Yeah. Social Security is one of the few things Italy doesn't tax. So, oh, wow. I mean, that's one benefit. Italy taxes the snot out of you. So that's that's a good one. But I remember that. Wasn't the number like 50% or higher? It's 43% for where this client is moving to. Okay. So That is so fascinating. It's crazy. It yeah. To wrap up our, our Social Security talk before um, I get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, because you barely know me. Barely. Yeah. People have to take all of these things into consideration. It's not black and white for most people. There are occasions where it's more black and white, but all of these things have to come into play. And working with somebody who specializes and works with Social Security day in and day out is immensely helpful. So we get a lot of clients who did quite well their entire lives. We're always able to manage a portfolio but how do you coordinate taxes and Social Security and income and all that stuff in your consideration? That It's normal. It's okay to ask for help at that point in time. So this is why we specialize in retirees in our office, simply because these variables become so much harder to manage at that point in time in your life. And let me re- reiterate something that you all should know by now. When Josh says, we here in the office, not me. If you come in... <laughs> You can see Dave if you want. He's like, it's like a circus animal. We kind of keep him caged up. But. I'm like Josh's shiny new pet. Uh, yeah, no, I, don't ask me questions on this because I'll run away screaming. <laughs> but. but I am impressed. I mean, I was just sitting here thinking about this. Your knowledge of our old shows and stuff, I feel like you've learned more financial topics just doing this podcast with me than I ever thought possible. 
Yeah, so those are those are three nice uh, considerations we got going on there. However, this is better. Yeah. What? What? Okay. Hey, Mr. Josh, let's take a break. You've been talking for so long, and my ears are sore. Let's not make them snore. Listening shouldn't be a chore. So let's get to know Josh and Dave and watch a rating soar. <laughs> the bird's my favorite. Uh-huh. I think... Uh-huh. I think you actually started the bird last week. I think you did a cacao. Was that me on the cacao? I think it was you. I heard it on the show. Yeah. I generally don't like to talk over those things because I don't find myself funny in those situations. Yeah. But it was really good. Um, how do you feel? <laughs> how, how do you feel <laughs> about me leaving in the part where I almost died on camera? I thought <laughs> I did laugh at that. I, it was so obnoxious, but I just couldn't. I couldn't find it in me to delete that, so I left it in. Oh man, I'm no. still finding chunks of coffee all over like my floor and my desk at home. If we get this new podcast desk and you like <laughs> spit coffee out of your nose on all over, I'm really upset. I'm in trouble. So. I get it. All right, what you got for me, Josh? Because right. uh, yes, you will not let me choose cards anymore. I so won't. I like to be in charge of it. Yeah. So now you and I have both talked about this. We can both get stuck in our own head, and so I was kind of curious to find out what you do here. So here's the question. What do you do when you want to get out of your own head? What do I do when I want to get out of my own head? It has to just be one thing. So I do kind of have two go-tos. Yeah, look, give it to me. I, I could learn a lot here. The first is I am a big meditation guy. I didn't really. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not your typical sit down in a pose you know, hold your fingertips yeah. together. But I have been this last year just been relying a lot on these different apps on my phone. It could Which be even, apps do you like? I like Calm. I like Insight Timer. So yeah, I love to meditate. It could even be two minutes. I found that it doesn't have to be so formal. You could just literally just close your eyes oh, and yeah. just breathe for a few minutes and mm-hmm. you're good. The other one is is video games. Like I'm still a kid at heart. So that just helps me just zone out. Zone out. Like- yeah. The world goes away. Unfortunately, I found myself playing until 2 o'clock in the morning the other night, and I woke up realizing, yeah, I'm not 22 years old anymore. I can't be doing that crap. <laughs> so that's a great question, Josh. How about you? What do you do to clear your head? Well, I too meditate. I can tell when I don't do it enough because my head gets cloudy and crazy. But um, actually in the summer when it's nice out, I go, I'll get up early and go for a, a long walk, and there's a spot at Elmhurst College that – uh, it sits right in the quad. It kind of backs up into a corner. And you're surrounded by bushes, and you look out over the quad, and you see like Hammerschmidt Chapel over there, which is really pretty. And I can sit there at like five thirty in the morning. And I'll meditate for twenty minutes or so, and then I just kind of sit there and space out. And you can see the sun will come up, mm. and like it comes over and it hits Hammerschmidt. It's like the most beautiful, wonderful start to the day. I love that. Mm. So I didn't know you meditated. Yeah, yeah. See, I learned That's something really cool. new really about you. Funny story about Hammerschmidt Chapel, Aaron. I'm not sure if you were with us. We were we were leaving our annual team meeting, and we were going to our cars. And Diane was with us. It was you, me, Diane, and Aaron, and I can't remember who else. And I'm like, oh, I'm so turned around. Like I just don't know where I parked or where I am. And Diane looks at me. She points. She goes, Dave, that's where you got married. Pointing to Hammersmith Chapel, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. <laughs> I told Carla, and she could not stop laughing. She's like, you idiot. How could you forget? I'm like, I'm sorry. It was a long time ago. <laughs> oh. 
So, but the the other thing I really do, I guess we're both giving two here, is I will actually love to cook. Ooh, yeah. So, and Missy will know this sometimes. She'll be like, you need to cook. And I will spend all Sunday afternoon cooking, making a giant disaster of a mess. Mm. And it just makes me so happy. Now, do you clean up your mess? Or does Missy kind of? Well, since Missy doesn't actually listen to this, yeah. um, I can say, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> But if she ever does, she'd say not well enough. Oh, God. We have this joke where Carla cooks like her mother, and it is just hazmat city in our kitchen after she's done kit- cooking. I mean, I never knew it took 14 spoons and eight knives just to make a pot of rice, but Carla finds a way to do it. Oh, it does. Oh. Without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> it does. But we're now living in our basement, um, and we have a, a hot plate that you can't run at the same time and turn Zach's fan on two stories above. <laughs> uh, or the Christmas lights outside are apparently on the same circuit okay. too. So cooking becomes a lot more of an adventure right now. Yeah, so I was just sitting here thinking like... Um, Dave relates to retirees. Yeah. There are many considerations a retiree and soon-to-be retiree must make. And you did a great job, Josh. I mean, I commend you for presenting these three different variables and considerations. But um, I can relate. Oh, good. There was a time, circa 1997, 1998, I'm going back uh, there. We're going to high school. Okay. Going to high school, where uh, you and I played basketball together. And there were many considerations I had to make on a day-to-day basis, whether it be practice or whether it be a game. When it came to practice, I mean, I'm not sitting here th- saying it's as important as, you know, oh, do I have to – play basketball because one day I'll have a kid that I have to give my basketballs to. No, it was more like, hmm, I see Josh over there. He's a beefy looking fella. Now we're about to do a loose ball drill. Should I just be nice or should I? I'm going to go tackle him. So I made the decision to tackle you in the middle of practice to prove to you that I am the alpha male here. I'm a senior. You're a junior. I'm going to take you down, son. So I did just that. Now, another consideration to make, this is certainly way more important than tackling you in practice was... We played a few minutes together on the court, not many, a few, and there was one point where I said, you know, I could pass to Josh, or I could take the shot myself and get just pad my stats. And do you remember what I did? Oh, without a doubt, you padded your stats. Incorrect. This one game, I passed you the ball. I mentioned before in the podcast, I passed it to you, you got the layup, and I was mad at you because you didn't point to me and give me credit for giving you that pass. <laughs> but I thought, you know what, Dave, be the, be the bigger man here. You're still going to get your 14 to 16 points. Josh, well, he hasn't played that often. Let's throw him a bone. So that was a big consideration I had to make. So, uh, Josh, I can't imagine there's any way possible to be in touch with retirees as much as I am. So what do you think? So, David. Yeah. We were discussing before we started the podcast how you were going to relate to retirees, and mm-hmm. I thought, I know where he's going to go with this. And did I? I was right. Oh, I didn't man. think you'd bring out the loose ball drill again, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of my finer moments in life. <laughs> it is equal parts art to science. For a retiree, they have to you know worry about themselves, and they have to make sure that what they want to have happen is taken care of. And sometimes it's difficult to actually understand what you want or what you need in retirement to make those decisions. Kind of like you on the basketball court. I mean, are you going for fame and glory mm-hmm. or are you going to try and win the game? Or be a good teammate. Yeah. I mean, either way. Even if you were trying to be a good teammate and pass it to me, 
I mean, my shooting percentage was pretty darn low, even from like <laughs> 10 feet away. So there was that to consider too, but it's not all black and white. Yeah, I get it. As we said there. It's so a nice gray area. I do hope that the retirees are as happy with their decision mm-hmm. as you were to pass to me. Mm-hmm. But like us on that team, we had a coach. Mm. And the coach said, David, good job passing that ball. You sure did. And you made a good decision. I did. <laughs> well, if you're retirees, if they need a coach, now is a great time to do it. Whoa. Did not see that one coming. Oh, that, that one was... just came out of nowhere. Great job, Joshua. Well, so we uh, just finished our third mm. Social Security episode. I don't have a fourth in me. Yeah. And I actually think this was the best Social Security episode we've done. So hopefully your editing makes it sound that way. Yeah. That, if it doesn't, it's your fault. My fault. You know, this episode will post a few days before Christmas. So those that celebrate Christmas, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that good stuff. I am a little shocked. I didn't get any mentions of my necklace. Well, I know since this isn't going on video that mm. I didn't have to bring it up, okay. but this is the third time I've seen Dave in the last week, mm-hmm. and every single time you've had that specific necklace on. And mm-hmm. uh, what am I going to say? I mean, that hasn't been said already. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I aspire to be like Buddy the Elf. I'm just in the jolly holiday spirit <laughs> You are round. a little Buddy the elf I am a little Buddy the Elfish. Oh. Yeah, so this is not a Christmas episode per se. I know we thought about doing one like that, but maybe uh, maybe next year. Yeah, I mean, we went with taxes instead. <laughs> that there's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> but what is your what's your go to Christmas movie in your house? Do you guys have one as a family you traditionally watch? Well, I just realized I just learned this that whenever my kids go to my parents' house, they watch Elf, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of funny. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that. My mother apparently loves Elf. <laughs> You know what we they love is on Disney, they have like these little, I think they call it Mickey's Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like three or four, 10, 15 minute little things all in a row, all about Christmas. And they just love it. Yeah. So it's that's one of their favorites. Also, the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Yeah, those are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell is the, the best Santa he ever. He is awesome in that. Even I get stuck. You know, I'm, I sit there. I'm like, oh, man, I love the show. Yeah, so. for sure. We're, we're just Christmas movie fanatics like... Uh, all, all of them. We watch all of them. However, this Friday night, we just watched A Christmas Story Christmas. It's a sequel to A Christmas Story on HBO Max. Carla and Landon fell asleep within 10 minutes because they were overtired. I loved it. I had low expectations going in. Really? I laughed so hard. And yeah, there's some cheesy moments, but I thought it was really well done. It did not take itself too seriously. Highly recommend it. And it's it's safe for our kids. I mean, there's a couple bad words, but it's a, it's a solid PG. Christmas story, Christmas, yeah. Nice. It was so good. Okay. So, anyways, Josh, I hope your kids don't see Mama kissing Santa Claus. And with that, we will say bye. bye. Holly jolly, Josh. I thought it was a pretty good one. It was a really good one. Hashtag tax nerd.